0: This episode of The Sharon Tapes was made possible by your supporters on Patreon, Mark Valentine, Candace Frisbee, Amy Marie, and Aileen Meek. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA live streams. Before we get started, this episode contains discussions of death, mind control, body horror, and trauma. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes.
2: for David Nathan Robinson. It's October the 16th, 2019. I've tried to reach you a few times, so I'm sure I don't need to go through the whole spiel again. Listen, David, this will be my last attempt to reach you. The next time you hear from me, it will be in person with an additional ISPA detail. You know, and I know, that templi Prophetum is handling an unstudied, unstabilized, toxic, mycological sample that is... Well, it's ISFA's property, and we'd like it returned before it causes further harm. You're a good scientist, David. And a good person. We're willing to overlook this misstep. You have one week. Only a week. If we don't hear back from you by October 23rd, be taking a more drastic course of action. You have my number. Please don't do anything rash.
1: and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: What happens now? What do you want from us?
3: My invitation is and always will be for you to join us we are the children of the earth
2: after all the children of adam and at the end of all things we'll be the only ones
3: left standing
2: are in that
1: well We're not known for speed, us mycological folk, but we always catch up. So I suggest you start running.
0: I'm telling you, the road isn't here anymore. This is safe.
1: Remember. Endeavor.
0: Never. You rest for a minute, but
1: Forever.
0: we need Forever. to keep going. Sam, Never. Bill isn't doing Forever. well.
1: Forever.
3: Christ.
0: Forever. Uh, tell her. Forever. Lawrence, c- can you still see them? Negative. Amanita wasn't lying. They're not very
1: fast. Forever.
2: I haven't seen them for at least half a mile. Never. Well, that's something at least. Never.
1: Never.
2: Bill, we need to keep going just a little longer. Can
3: you do that?
1: Where is this karaoke bar, anyway?
3: What? He thinks we're going to karaoke. Yeah, of course you're going to karaoke, Bill. O- only a little further. Right, Sam? Uh, um, yeah, only a little further. Hmm. <laughs> Let's get a move on then, people.
0: Hey, Wren, any idea what that is up ahead? What is that? I don't have the best eyesight.
3: I see it too, Sam. What? How is that possible?
0: How is what possible?
2: It looks like a... Hold on. Brett, wait. Stop. Is that a... An old-growth western red cedar. In Pennsylvania. We're all seeing the same thing, right? Lawrence? No, that's... That's definitely what it is.
0: I don't understand. I thought these only grew in the PNW.
3: How did it get all the way out here?
1: It
0: walked.
3: Okay, great stuff, but shouldn't
2: we get moving again? You know, people knock the Pacific Northwest all the time for how much it rains. Sometimes the air is full of a drizzle so light you can practically breathe it in. It's pervasive, all-encompassing but it does make for some beautiful scenery. There's a reason people want to live there. Uh, sure, Wren. But the same water that makes that lush green landscape possible presents some serious problems when it comes to building houses. Anyone know what that much rain does to untreated wood over time? Wren, could you please get to the point before- Well, folks, what we have here is nature's magic bullet for combating the wet rot that comes with dreary weather, the cedar tree. They grow all over the place up north, and the softwood is particularly effective in resisting insects, mold, decay... Fungi. Precisely. This tree, thousands of miles from its native habitat, is naturally resistant to the very thing trying to kill us. And call me crazy, but I think this is our best chance of surviving the night. You mean...
3: Climbing all the way up there? Those upper branches are at least 15 feet off the ground. No way Amanita could get to us, not without us seeing her. (laughs) You want
0: to know what happened the last time I climbed a tree? What about the... Kate, do you remember what Bill said? Something about not being on the ground tonight. That's what I heard, too. I don't know how, but Bren's right. This tree is here for us.
3: Can he climb? He's going to need some help.
2: All right, everyone. No time to lose. Those things are still on our tail.
3: Is everyone up? I've got Bill propped up against the tree here. I think this is as high as we're going to get. Thanks, guys. No problem. Of course. I'm just peachy. I've got a
0: pretty good view of the forest from up here, but I don't have eyes on them. Anyone else?
1: Negative.
3: Not me.
0: All right, all right. Christ, on a bike, that was close. Is anyone hurt? Well, Bill's... Uh,
2: he's fine physically, at least. Other than that... I should have grabbed a damn flashlight. Can't see anything through these branches.
0: All I've got is the one on my phone.
2: I'd suggest saving the battery in case you get a signal teller. (laughs) Anyone bring any water? Here, I just filled this from... Strike that. I didn't have time to treat this before I left camp. I don't think the river water's potable. Probably not. Those things waited until nightfall to come after us. I'm guessing, based on what we know about their origins and abilities, we just need to make it through the night. It's getting colder.
3: Bill, lean up next to me. It'll keep us both warmer. Yes, ma'am. Maria, you okay up there? Oh, this little hovel? It's nice, actually. Just big enough for me and my body heat.
0: So, do you think these things are nocturnal?
3: Well, Thoribus oraculi only blooms
2: in dark spaces, and it's fairly susceptible to UV light. So long as those things are still being driven by the fungus... They should share those weaknesses. You
3: know, if we're going to keep talking about the things trying to kill us, we should probably give them a name.
0: Mycological folk is a little wordy.
3: And a little too down-home for my liking. Mushroom zombies? (sighs) No, thank you. Too
0: cartoony.
2: Biologically speaking, I would say they're just Forbus oraculi colonies in a parasitic relationship with a human host. But that doesn't seem to fit what we've seen. They're a bit past mycology by now. I don't even know how they'd be classified. A hybrid organism created through fusion with the host? A new line of the eukaryotic branch?
1: Araculites. What was that? That's what Amanita kept calling them in her mind. Araculites.
2: Interesting. Bill, you seemed to sense her presence before she appeared today. Is that true?
1: I... I'm not sure.
2: The psychic wheel. It linked all the participants on a metaphysical level.
0: If that connection remained open... You don't sense her now, do you?
1: <sighs> Distantly, she's... Uh, we have time.
0: Hey, I've got you. Hmm. Dr. Park? Yes, Lawrence?
2: If you want me to, I could try carving some of the bark off the tree. It isn't much, but we could use it to build some protection at ground level. Do we have the tools for that? Lucky for us, I didn't get flashlights, but I did manage to grab an axe.
1: Of all the things to think of...
2: It might work. Keep them from reaching the base of the tree and climbing up, at least. Tell her. Give her a hand with
1: that. Uh, yes, sir.
0: Wren, uh, 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 Listen. It sounds like you know more about what we're dealing with than anyone else here. Uh, Except maybe Bill, but he's in no state to answer questions right now. And you're not telling us the whole truth. Now would be a good time to start doing that.
2: God. Isfa's going to have a field day when they hear about this. They can get over it. Right. Well, as I stated earlier... I believe these oraculites to be almost completely nocturnal. The members of Templi Prophetum were fully human before their final ritual, and even then they'd rarely leave their compound during daylight. As if it wasn't hard enough to get a hold of them before... You had contact with the cult? I thought you said there was no way to safely confront them. Yeah, that... That was a bit of a lie. Sorry about that. I I signed about ten different NDAs just to cover that operation. I tried to open a line of communication with Mr. Robinson after he vanished, but he never returned my calls. Dr. Caldwell refused to sign off on any action to extract Foribus eraculi samples from the compound, and I suspect my hollow threats were obvious to David, even over voicemail. He was always able to tell when people weren't telling him the truth. I deeply regret that I wasn't able to keep those people from being hurt. I tried to reach out to David a week before that horrific ritual killed him, and now... I'm here, fifteen feet up in a cedar tree that shouldn't be possible, hiding from monsters with no water, no backup, most of my team dead or transformed, and four untrained civilians who seem infinitely more prepared to deal with this than me. We'll
0: get through the night, Ren. It, it's gonna be okay. I wish I had your optimism.
3: Come on, Ren. give us some credit. This isn't our first rodeo. And Anna got out of shit like this all the time. Not
1: all the time.
3: Just tell us what you can, Ren.
1: I remember Amanita's. Oh, careful, Bill. She said something about Adam and the Earth. That the that the prophet was connected to both.
0: Humankind linked to the power of nature? Some kind of Earth energy?
1: She said their rituals were (coughs) meant for the collective body. Whatever they were doing, they were training themselves, practicing psychic links. And once the final ritual took place, bam, connected forever. All of them.
2: But it seems like Almanita can create new followers instantly now, without the rituals. Eh,
1: I'm just telling you what she told me. You're asking the wrong guy.
2: How much of a connection do you still feel with Almanita? Can you still sense the other Araculites? Not
1: not really. Just... Her. When we were back in that bunker, stuck in those cages... Oh, it was so strong. So... So clear. I, I think that's why I had a hard time keeping up back there, you know? It's its like I was in the cage again. My legs kept curling beneath me. It's like Amanita said when I first met her. The, the fascia. All that connective tissue, it remembers. The pain. It, it remembers.
3: Hey, Bill. If you want to go to sleep, this might be a good time.
2: We'll keep an eye out.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Kate.
2: Here, just lean back on the trunk and there. You've got it. I remember this experiment the University of Mexico did. A handful of researchers trying to induce non-locality through meditation. And for those of us who don't have PhDs... Basically, they put their subjects in separate Faraday cages to cut them off from any external influence. Like Morrison's Bunker. First, they had them all meditate in the same room together, then moved half of the subjects to a separate location. Then they flashed a red light in front of one group, and the other group had a measurable brainwave response. An evoked potential. Despite the Faraday cages, the distance, and the complete lack of communication between the two groups, it seems the subjects were still linked. Their brainwaves remained coupled. This might be what happened to Bill and the other survivors of Morrison's experiment. Only more severe. Based on what I've heard... Well, I'm not entirely sure what they were trying to accomplish... Or what insight Ned was able to give Morrison about what they were interacting with. They were in uncharted waters, scientifically speaking.
3: I have to wonder... Do you really think science can explain what we're dealing with now? What Bill's dealing with? 10,000
2: years ago, most of humanity thought thunderstorms were caused by the gods, casting judgment down on humankind. Just because something is the realm of superstition now doesn't mean it's unexplainable. Everything in the universe plays by the same rulebook, even if we don't have all the pages yet.
3: Isfa had no business sending Bill out here with the rest of us.
0: Agreed.
2: He needed more time to recover.
3: I should have seen
2: that. Given how poorly this mission has gone, though, I'm sure Caldwell will agree to let him recover at the facility for a while once we get back.
3: If we get back.
0: What have you got down there?
3: Uh, Oh, it's, uh...
0: This. Is that a-, a... cedar
2: shiv? Oh, that's not a bad idea, actually. Well, if worse comes to worst.
0: Uh, any chance you can make some for the rest of us? I-, I don't have a knife on me, otherwise I'd help out.
3: <laughs> of course, I'm in the middle of a freezing forest making shivs. It's what Anna would have wanted.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks.
2: Lawrence? Teller? How's it going down there?
1: Got about six
3: feet of defensible space in front of the trunk covered.
0: Mostly. There's ah, there's just so much ground to cover.
3: It's going slower than we thought it would.
0: Do you need any help? We'll get it done, Doctor. You guys rest. You'll have to keep watch once we're done and passed out for the night. Deal. Deal.
3: Well, Ren, looks like we're all stuck up here with nothing to do but listen to whatever scientific explanations you can think of. Bring it on.
0: She's right. I'm not recording all of this for nothing. Yeah, I did notice that. Don't worry, I'll tuck this tape away under my mattress when we get back. Nice and secure. I can't tell you to do that officially. And officially, I'm not asking
2: you. (sighs) Maria's wearing off on you, I think. Huh. All right, folks. I'll tell you. At least what I think I know. Some of this is speculation. You have to understand. I hate spinning off too far in that direction, but honestly, it's all I really have at the moment. I'm exhausted, I'm terrified, and... Well, I'll admit that Isva was not ready for this just yet. We were expecting a stream and walked right into a flood. So the tools I'm working with are inference and Speculation whatever my brain jostles to the surface in the moment. Adam, my partner, likes to say that my gut often gets ahead of my research. Earlier this year, I gave a talk at Stanford about the possibilities of mycology in the study of entropy, how mycelial consciousness could allow us to control or reverse the passage of time within Should a- back, Wren. What I mean is, fungal matter, as an agent of decay and transformation for dead organisms, is an extremely resilient form of life. Evidence for fungal life has been found in the most extreme environments on Earth. Deep-sea vents, active calderas, even signs that some species can survive in the vacuum of space. Given enough time, they break down rock, crude oil, polyurethane plastics— They can even absorb radioactive materials and ionizing radiation with few ill effects. For something that resilient and persistent, what does the passage of time really mean? In fact, if my suspicions are correct, the only existential weakness of the Araculites is something that's incredibly unlikely to occur, a disruption to the passage of time itself. But beyond that, well... It's not very obvious what their weaknesses may be.
0: You seem pretty relieved to see the cedar tree.
2: I still am. It was a remarkably lucky find. But I'll admit that... Well, maybe I shouldn't say anything. Wren? It's not like using garlic or a wooden stake on a vampire. It's more like soap and oil. I suspect the cedar wood will repel them, but it's extremely unlikely that it will kill them. Not by itself, at
3: least. And that's where the shivs come in? Precisely.
2: If it comes to it, I hope that introducing cedar to the body of an eraculite might cause the fungus to lose control.
0: It won't save the infected, but it will buy us some time. (sighs) That's a nice way to put it. You mentioned something that Adam said? Ah,
2: right. Sorry. Hard to keep my thoughts in order right now. So, I gave this talk at Stanford as a representative of ISFA. I had already been working on mycology research ever since the Polish expedition. But do you know when I started theorizing about this stuff? About six months before Bobby Agora. ISFA didn't have any active experiments in mycology running. I was just fascinated by it. I couldn't get enough of the research. The limited studies that had been done before, of course, but the theory? That was what grabbed my imagination. I'm an engineer. Up until about a year ago, I designed rockets for a living. But this, all this, sent me down a strange and unexpected rabbit hole. I used to spend months at a time haunted and fascinated by the vast reaches of space the ultimate fate of the universe, the implications and mysteries of dark matter, dark energy. They kept me up at all hours, trying to understand, or failing that, to accept. But fungi? Fungi is dark life. Almost all of mycology is just one big mystery. It's vast networks in every forest on the planet, and even in between. They're the resource scouts, the messengers, the, well, the fascia of the earth. They'll use that word too. It seems that fascia was one of the primary metaphors Templi Prophetum relied on to spread its gospel. David wanted his followers to emulate the adaptability, the flexibility, the interconnected intelligence of connective tissue as a body of believers. And it seems he was successful. But that brings up another question. Why didn't the Araculites scatter when David died? That, I believe, is our biggest clue about the true nature of Amanita and her disciples. I believe the Araculites represent an entirely new species, not a parasitic host, but a fusion of fungi and animalia into an entirely new classification, but it still has the characteristics of its constituent parts. Mycelia doesn't have a central nervous system that tells it where to grow, where to look for food or resources. It doesn't need one. There is no brain. There's no control system beyond the basic instructions encoded in DNA. The smallest branch of mycelium can regenerate the entire network if need be. Which means, if the araculites are truly impervious to entropy, to decay, to extreme temperatures, radiation, distance, if my gut is correct, that means they can never truly die. Western science has largely ignored the potential of fungi for centuries, but there are those who caught a glimpse of it. From the Mexican shamanistic traditions that revered their mushroom as the god fungus, to the Araculite's framing of a psilocybin mushroom as the fruit in the Garden of Eden, to Paul Stamets' scientific gospel of mushroom consciousness. If they're right, goddess, then I think they might have achieved immortality. Of a sword, at least. Uh, <laughs>
0: Doctor Park.
2: Up ahead. Look.
0: Never, what do we do? Forever,
2: you tell me. Never,
3: forever, never, well, hi, y'all. Never, never, told you you should've run. Never,
2: forever. Christ.
0: The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 53, Faint in the Gray. Starring Kareem Cronfly as David Nathan Robinson, Sam Taylor as Ren Park, Alejandra Cejudo as Amanita, Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, Jesse Steele as Bill Tyler, Virginia Spots as Kate Sheridan, Amitola Lomas as Maria Sol, Julian Daly as Teller, and Lexa Childress as Lawrence. With original music by Jesse Hogan, Written and produced by Virginia Spots with dialogue editing and sound design by Trevor Van Winkle. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and connect with us on Twitter at Sheridan Tapes and on Instagram at The Sheridan Tapes. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes.